Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. How you guys doing? It's so good to see you. Thank you for coming. All of you guys that are here in person, welcome to all of you that are online, and especially welcome to all of you that may be with us for your first time or in a long time, but we're so thankful that everybody is here. Today, I'm out of the gate to be able to share with you an experience that happened to me when I was in the first grade. See, I was blessed. I did not go to kindergarten. I got this. You wasted. How many of you went to kindergarten? Raise your hand. <laughs> you waste a whole year of your life. I just went right on to kindergarten, see. Anyway, they didn't have kindergarten. They were just experimenting with it. So I go to the first grade, and I had a wonderful teacher. Her name was Miss Hilda Key. Now, Miss Hilda Key, she was old, and I mean old. And, man, she had these pointy glasses here. She would keep her hair up in a bun. It was gray. And then she would wear these dresses that looked like that material from the 1970s, you know. And then she would have these stockings that were rolled up here that were flesh-colored, had a big band on it right around here, see. So that was Miss Hilda Key. Well, I remember distinctively one particular day that she asked me, she wanted, uh, she come to me and I owed her for one of those big fat pencils. How many of you ever did write with a big fat pencil, right? You know what I'm talking about. Well, I, I think it was a big fat pencil I owed her for. So she told me to go look in my desk and make sure I didn't have any money. So what I did, I went over there and how many of you remember the steel desks? You know, if you took those things, you could throw them off a building and kill a dozen people in New York City because it was so heavy and so big. So anyway, I get down and I put my head in my desk. I look all around and I say, no, ma'am, I don't have any money to pay for that pencil. She asked me three times. I stuck my head in the desk. Well, next thing you know, a few minutes later, she calls from Milk Line. In those days, we would get in the Milk Line and you would go up and you would give a nickel. Remember that? I see Steve laughing back there. Uh, we would pay a nickel and we would get in the Milk Line and we'd get to go get milk, right? So anyway, what did I do? I went over there and got back in my desk again when she called milk line. For some reason, I had a whole quarter right over there in the corner. So I get that quarter out and I get over in the milk line. And she was going back, taking up money. Okay, follow me on this. When she gets to me and I, she said, what are you doing in the milk line? You ain't got no money. I had that quarter. She didn't say nothing. She just grabbed me by the arm and drug me to her desk. When she got me to her desk, she took and threw me over her knee, and she had this paddle. It was red, and it was one of those kind that you put the rubber band on, it has the ball, you do this, but it was twice as big as those. It come out like this, and it was real big. And you know what she proceeded to do? Put me down on her knees across here, and then she started coming from down south and, and, and waylaid me and wore me out. What's the moral of the story? You better never lie to Miss Hilda Key. You're going to pay for it, okay? Uh, so today, as you think about lying, your mind should go to thinking about integrity. I've never forgot that experience. I'm still in counseling today for that experience. But anyway, you think about someone having character. You think about character is defined by what a person is really distinct from what other moral qualities are. People get caught up in these things. When you want to be able to have the right character, when we think of someone who has it, we want to think of someone who does tell the truth or someone who does have integrity, someone that's honest, good morals, that has care and concern for somebody else. Character is ultimately demonstrated in our actions, but true character resides in the heart. 
So what I want to do today, I want to take a moment. I think I've, I've lost my, my pen or something, but I will get it in just a moment. If somebody could get my pen for me out of my office in there back there or whatever, I want to draw something for you because I just realized I did not bring it. But anyway, with that being said, I want you to think about this. How many of you here under the sound of my voice, you either have employees or you have employees that report to you, or you have a business, you have a company, or you're in the hiring process, or you actually hire people. If any of that fits you, could you raise your hand right now, please? Okay, quite a few people across the auditorium that have that there. So with that being said, uh, thank you, Dan. So with that being said, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the four C's. Say four C's. First and foremost on the four C's, we want to think about character. Character. That's your first C. When you think about character, that's somebody that they ultimately are defined by really what they do when nobody's looking. Okay? Think about that. And I always want to say that a lot of times because when no one's looking, it's when you may do something that's not really of good character. Do you follow what I'm saying? So anyway, when you're wanting to hire somebody or have somebody work on your team or be a part of our church staff or be a part of your company or part of where you work uh, or where you're doing, you need to get someone with character or you as the one that's being sought out, you need to have character. But also, another C here is what I'll call competence. You say, what do you mean by competence? That is your abilities. That is your gift set. That is what you can do with talent and how, what you can bring to the table in order to be able to get a job. But here's one that's very important too. It's called chemistry. You say, what do you mean by chemistry? You might have a person that you want on your team and they have good character, they're competent, they have the skills and abilities and talents and knowledge to do it, but man, you don't like them. <laughs> you just don't want to hang out with them. They're just not somebody you would just hang around. They're not fun to be with. You understand what I'm saying? Nothing against them, nothing against you. They're just not somebody you would hang out with and spend time with. But uh, this next one is very important. It's called culture. You say, what do you mean by culture? Culture is this. You can have a person or you can be a person that has character, competence, and chemistry, but really you just don't fit into that organization. You just don't fit into that church or you just don't fit into that business or you know that that person doesn't fit in. Now, what does that mean? Here's what I want you to understand. Today, what we're talking about and we're adding a whole another layer to it is Christian character. And what I mean by Christian character is this. Everything that you do affects how you respond and react with culture. Everything you do depends on how you're going to get along with people when it comes to your Christian character. Everything you do and how the things that God has given you and your competence, God has given gifts and abilities to everybody, okay? God has given us an opportunity through the leadership of the Holy Spirit to be able to help us to get along with people. When it comes to culture, when you go out into culture, your Christian character can be affected in two ways. You can either be a thermometer or you can be a thermostat. A thermometer will adjust to what's going on in culture. It will affect your character, your Christian character. But a person that's a thermostat goes out and adjusts, doesn't adjust to what's going on, but has the opportunity to infect and to be able to make a difference by having others to be infected by your Christianism in your life and help them to become what God is in your life. So, when you think about someone being a part of your team or you being a part of the team, especially if you're a person that wants to assemble a team, one of the greatest joys in leadership is assembling a great team. And I want to say thank God for our staff that we have at our church, because would you guys give them some love? They're awesome, our staff and our pastors here at our church. We love them. We love them so much. But 
let me tell you this. It's called the vomit test. If someone comes and if you think they're going to leave and it makes you want to vomit, that's the vomit test. You know, over the years I've had people leave and, and I say, that's sad, but inside I'm smiling, you know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> character creates success. Listen to me closely. Character creates success. Christian character creates significance. Do you see the difference? A lot of people can have good character and be, be successful, but when you have Christian character, it creates significance. So God wants us to be concerned about developing Christian character. And there's a lot of people in this life, they climb the ladder of success, but they leave their character at the bottom. And there's a lot of people who are famous that, that has no character in their life. Christian character will always determine true significance and impact from your life. So we're going to talk about this today. Look at what Paul said to the Romans in Romans 8. He said, and we know that God causes everything, say everything, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Did you know the first century Christians were suffering at this time when it was constant? So Paul is trying to help encourage them and understand that God causes everything. That means all the different avenues in your life of things that go on, the difficulties that you face, that God is going to use those difficulties. He's going to use the, the attacks that Satan comes against you to be able to build your character and accomplish good for those who love God. I hope and pray today you really, really love God. You know, there's things in our life that we wish that would not happen. You know, it's just so much stuff goes on. But if God allowed it, God is going to use that which happened for something good. And sometimes you won't see it in a moment. And the thing about it is, sometimes you might not see it in your lifetime. It might transpire into somebody else's life after you leave this world. But God will use something good that, out of something that is bad. Look at verse 29. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Do you understand that God predetermined for all of our lives before you were born, he ordered your step, that he wanted to choose you to be like his son. So Christian character is to be like Jesus. That's God's desire that every single one of us be like God's son. It's sad that when you think about Christian leaders that have no character, you think about political leaders that have no character, you think about civil leaders that have no character, God wants to raise every person up to be like his son, Jesus Christ. So let me ask you this question. Do you want to be like you? Or do you want to be like Jesus? And I believe you would say, I would like to be like Jesus. God wants us to be like his son. What is it in your life right now that you know that God would love to cleanse from your life? God would love to purge from your life? Or God would like to prune from your life as I talked about last week? What is it that God through the Holy Spirit has put his thumb on that in your life right now? To be able to help you develop true Christian character so that your Christian character will have significance. See, you can have achievements in life and have no character. But the true expression of Christian character isn't doing good, but it's being Christ-like. And when you're Christ-like, good will come from that. So today, I want to share four things with you God gave me that's so important that we understand about Christian character. And when you look at Christian character, Christian character will always begin with our faith in Jesus Christ. 
Hebrews 11 and 6 says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. See, faith separates Christian character from just mere morality. Many reasons, there's many reasons why people do a lot of good outward acts. There's many reasons people will try to do moral acts and good deeds and things like that. However, it's not, it's not the solely outward act that makes the behavior godly. Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? Doesn't necessarily mean you can do a good thing and it not be anything where in tune with God or with God. But the motive behind it is what matters. Why you're doing it. The why behind that. Character development is at the heart of God's concern in your life. Look at Philippians 1 and 6. Listen to what Paul told the Philippian church. He said, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. It says there that he began the good work within you. Say that with me. Within you. Inside of your life. That's what he's saying. It's on the inside. You know, we do so much work to try to look good on the outside. You you buy some of the greatest clothes. Some of you keep up with the culture and whatever's so cool on the West Coast style to bring it here. You do whatever you can do, ladies, to be able to put on the latest and greatest makeup and those eyelashes to have them out to here so when you blink, you look really cool to somebody. You know what I'm saying? A friend of mine said, hey, every old barn needs a good coat of paint. Take that in context, okay? The guys, you do the same thing. You're pumping iron and doing what you can do to build your muscles and look good. An outward thing. Girls, you got to go and get to Manny Petty and the lady wants to tell you you want to put on the crypto jail so it lasts a little bit longer. You know, we just all the time doing something on the outside. There's nothing wrong with that. But what if? What if all of us spend as much time with the flaws on the inside, getting it right, as we do, try to look good on the outside. Just think about that for a moment. What if we just spent time doing that in our lives? It would make such a huge difference. Let's do all we can to spruce up on the inside like we do on the outside. It's good to look good on the inside too, church. That's what I'm trying to get across to you. And God says he will complete the work the good work that he has started within you. Now, if you want to be able to keep that person you're thinking about marrying, work on the inside, not just the outside. You want to be able to get your marriage strong, work on the inside, just not the outside. You want to be able to have your business to be able to prosper and God's hand be upon it and it flourish even in hard times, work on the inside. You want to be that person that's going to get the next promotion when somebody else seems to get it all the time, work on the inside, not just the outside. I was thinking back this week as I was preparing, and I was thinking about that old song that we used to sing as children, and a lot of adults sang it too, He's Still Working On Me. How many of you ever heard the song, He's Still Working On Me? He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. He took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient, patient patient he must be especially with us because he's still working on tea (laughs) you say what do you mean by that pastor look at the person next to you and say you're not there yet now look back to the other one and say you ain't either (laughs) he's still working on all of us right let me let me let me move to another place 
Parents, listen to me. If you've got kids in your home right now and understand it's going to pass fast, I tell people that. They don't believe me. It is, going, it is a season that's going to blink and they're going to be gone. And I want you to listen to me close, parents. I want you to do what you can do to help them make good grades. That's important. I want you to encourage them and let them be part of activities. That's a good thing. But the greatest thing you can do with your children is to teach them faith in Jesus. And whatever you do, you teach them to love Jesus in their hearts and from within. It's so important. So many people, they work so hard and they think about a lot of different things. But with your children, it's their faith walk with Jesus. Because here's what's going to happen, parents. As you walk with them in that faith walk, there's going to come a day you're walking with them. And you're going to have to stop. And they're going to keep walking. And you're not going to be holding their hand any longer. They're going to be walking on in life. And the thing about it is, they may come back and there's times that you have that relationship and they do their own career path and they have their own home. They start their own family. They might converse with you about your wisdom and ask you, hopefully, about the wisdom of things and how you did life. But they're, by the way life goes, most likely there will come a day and you won't be around. And they can't call up mom and dad because you went on to be with the Lord. And but what you give them now in their faith walk with Jesus is what will sustain them in the life that they have one day when you're not walking with them. That's why it's so important you teach them to begin their faith with Jesus and to live out that Christian integrity. Because what you play out in your life in front of their little eyes Hopefully it's what they're one day going to live out in their lives because of what you did. So just remember that, parents. Remember that, parents. It's so, so, so important. Your Christian character played out in their lives is what will impact their lives that they live out it one day. True godliness will always include both the right actions and the right motive. And to have Christian character is to have a heart that's always aiming to please God. It's always aiming to be able to glorify God. That's what our heart should be. So it begins with faith in Jesus, but also Christian character is produced by the Holy Spirit. And you say, what do you mean by that? It's the Holy Spirit who changes the Christian's heart. And from rebellion to un and unbelief and sin, to be able to have this warm-hearted faith and love, not only with yourself, but your fellow man. And the Holy Spirit was able to produce that indwelling inside of your life as a Christian heart that you have a love for God and you have a love for other people around you. And you have a desire not to sin anymore, but to shun the appearances of evil and to order you want to please God. That's what happens when you have that relationship with Him. It's the Holy Spirit in your life that will help you to be able to produce the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the foundation of the Holy Spirit living in your life that you are showing your simplifying Christian character. And it's the result of the Spirit's work. It's not anything that I can do. It's not anything that you can do. So we got to be really careful how we boast about things that we do as Christians. How many of you have ever met a Christian that's a bragging Christian? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yes, a whole lot of you. You've met that person and they brag a lot about what they do and the business they have and how that they serve and how much time that they pray and so on and so on. And just, ah, I just, I can't stand seeing someone that's bragging because it's not them that's doing it. It's God that's doing it. God's doing it through them. And so many times they get caught up in bragging about the kingdom work. And if you ever get around somebody and they're bragging about the kingdom work, just look at them and say, not impressed. 
Look what 1 Corinthians 1.31 says. It says, therefore, as the Scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about, what's those next two words? The Lord. Look at Isaiah 64 and 6. It says, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, you understand what it means by righteous deeds? All the things you're trying to do good, okay? It says, they are nothing but filthy rags. Look at the person next to you and say, you filthy. Now tell the one back, you filthy too. Filthy. That's what he's saying there. In, in order, don't brag about what you're doing, but you brag about what Jesus is doing. You don't brag about what's going on in your life. You brag about Jesus that's in your life. That's the only thing that you brag about because the Holy Spirit lives in Christians' lives and provides grace, His unmerited favor, and power to make godly living even possible. Understand that. We're encouraged to make use of the great power that God gives us. But it's not us. It's Him. It's His glory. Look at Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. This is what Paul is telling him. He was with them there for a season, and he's gone. Now he says, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working, what's those next two words? Say it. In you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God gives us the desire to please Him. And that desire is to where that we bring Him glory and honor. It's all about Him. It's not us. Let me tell you something to understand. Christian character, here's a secret to it for me and you. Christian character is submitting to God's control and being able to allow God to work through us, in us, and for the world around us. That's what it is. It's so important that you understand that. So not only is, is it going to begin with Jesus and produced with the Holy Spirit, but I will guarantee you Christian character is tested by life circumstances. How many of you went through a test in the last month you didn't think you was going to get through? You understand what I'm saying? You say, what do you mean by life circumstances? This is so funny. I will never forget this. We, I was on a mission trip to Honduras, and we were building these five different post-frame buildings. And we didn't have, you didn't have all the latest and greatest tools to be able to do it with. A lot of the nailing, we were, we were building these things by hand and hammer and all that kind of stuff. And they had this guy that was going around taking videos of us. And they just do that so they have footage later and they put out videos and we would look at what we did later and they put it together and it's great finding good and all that. And also to be able to promote mission trips. And I was nailing and all of a sudden I got my thumb in the way and this guy, you know where this guy's going to be at. You'd be working and you look down there, they are just got a camera in your face. So I'm sitting here nailing real hard. All of a sudden I hit my thumb and man, I wanted to cuss so bad. Don't look at me like you've never cussed. I want to cut so bad. And by the time I looked down and they got the video camera in my face and I went, praise the Lord. Man. So now I do cuss. Every time I do something bad, I say cuss. Works for me. I'll do that. Anyway, you know, a lot of times you, you get tested. And you know what? There's always these dozens of eyes watching you to see what you're going to do, right? That's what happens. God uses our life circumstances to exercise grace and faith he has given us. See, God wants us to be able to grow our Christian character, and it grows through those experiences and those afflictions. Look what Paul wrote. He said this to the church at Rome, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. 
You're thinking, are you smoking crack, Pastor? You mean I'm going to rejoice when I run into problems and trials? So Paul says, if we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. No, no, no. It says, we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. See, many Christians every day, just about, every Christian every day, when you're walking in the faith, you are going to be tested in some kind of way. And that is the opportunity to let God shine through, not you shine through. So we need to thank God for the opportunities that those things come that we get to be able to grow in Christian character and we're able to be able to deal with them only because of God's strength in our lives. So you need to be thanking God for those opportunities that you're growing despite the tests that you're going through. Look at 1 Peter 1, 1 and 7. This is what Peter said. He said, so be truly glad. There's a wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. You're going to go through it, church. I'm going to go through it. You're going to go through it. But he said, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day that Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole, whole world. Trials, trials, stress, struggles, strains, all these things that we go through. Uh, let me just challenge you on something. There's been many times things that I went through in my life and things I faced personally, things I've, that Shannon and I faced as a married couple, things that I've seen my kids face, things I've watched my family face, face things I've seen my church family face, Things I've faced as a pastor. All avenues of life. And so many times we just want to say, why God? Why me? How many of you have ever said, why me God? Raise your hand. Would you join with me? I think we've all said that at some point in time in our life. When you get tested with trials, three things I just want to challenge you with real quick. Just, just say, God, give me confidence. Give me confidence, God, that you're going to get me through this. I'm not going to let this situation overwhelm me. I know, God, your plans are good for me. You are faithful. You've always provided your love. You've always provided your strength for a better future. God, give me confidence. I'm going to get through this. I'm not going to die in the middle of this test. Instead of saying, why me about the trial, say, God, I will persevere because greater is he that's in, that's in me than he that's in the world. God, give me strength. I want to persevere. When you're facing sorrow, when you're facing grief, when you're facing anger, when you're facing pain, when you're facing that loss, just say, God, I don't want to just get engrossed with bitterness, God, and despair. God, help me. Give me perseverance. In this last week, there's been multiple people in our church that's lost a loved one. Multiple people. These three in this past week that I've talked to, that I know of, they're hurting. To be able to get through it and be able to persevere through that pain and that grief and it's hurting. But not only do you want to be able to have confidence that God's going to get you through it and you're going to persevere, you've got to be able to say, God, give me courage. 
Fear has gripped this nation and this world like no ever in the past year from one subject that I don't even want to say the name of. It's time that we get God, give me courage because Jesus, your son, is my savior. I'm not going to be afraid. I know you're not going to leave me. You're not going to forsake me. You're going to carry me even when I can't walk, God. That's why you depend upon him. God is still on the throne. God is still in control. We need to live like it. And we need to act like it. But one more thing is about Christian character. Christian character is reflected in your influence for Jesus. If you read in Acts, I've been going through the book of Acts in my personal time and studying. And in chapter 3, it's amazing how that Peter and John, they're going to go to the temple in the afternoon at 3 o'clock for the prayer time. And they get to the temple, and here is this crippled guy that's been crippled his whole life. And they set him there every day, and all he can do is beg. That's all he knows to do is beg. He has no way to make money. All he does is beg for people to help him. And when Peter and John basically strike up a conversation with him, he thought they were going to be just like everybody else and give him some money. But he said, you know, silver and gold I don't have to give you. But he said, what I do have, I will. And he said, stand up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, the Scripture says that, Strength came to his bones and his ankles and all that. And the crippled man stood up for the first time. And he began to run around praising the Lord and went in praising the Lord with them. And then Peter had an opportunity when people began to notice the miracle that happened. And, and Peter began to preach and began to tell about Jesus Christ and how he came and how he was forecast to come and, and what he was doing. And, you know, and it was these people that, that crucified him and all this. And he come back to life. And it's through Jesus that you can have this great relationship with God and be able to have the power and all that. And next thing you know, the Pharisees doesn't like it. And next thing you know, they put him in jail. And the next day, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they're, running, they're wringing their hands. They don't know what to do with them because they can't deny the miracle that just happened. And I love what it says right here in Acts 4 and verse 13. It says, the members of the council were amazed. Even they were amazed. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and how bold they were about what they were preaching. It says, they, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would say the people in your circle of life would say of you they can tell that you've been with Jesus? How many of you would say that People would look at you in your life and because of how you've lived. And something happened. Say it's a coworker or a neighbor or a friend. If something happened to them all of a sudden, well, they automatically think, because they've seen your relationship with the Lord, that they would automatically make a beeline to you and say, Would you pray for this situation in my life? You see what I'm saying? It's people seeing that. When something hits us in our life between the eyes and it hurts so bad. And they see you not lose your cool or act out in anger in any way. But they see you respond in a way that even though it hurts, you have a smile on your face and you know that your God's going to get you through it. 
the greatest witness you'll ever have. When they see your response to the hurts and pains and agonies of our own lives. Have you been with Jesus? Or do you find yourself just going through the motions of Sunday Christianese? You go to church on Sunday, you cuss on Monday, you don't think anything about it. Or when somebody sees you in life and you mention about God, they look at you, you could have fooled me. I didn't know you had anything to do with, with God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20 in his Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. He says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. This is applicable to you and I, the church today here at Freedom Church. It says, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. See, we're to be the hands and the feet, the mouth, the action pieces, the action figures for God that he works through us as his representatives. Our Christian character to be able to show godly actions and godly responses in our lives. So as Jesus has us to be his ambassadors, we'll be able to influence others for the gospel message of reconciliation to God. So it's so important. So important that people see what we're doing and then they want Jesus in their life. See, the end result is not that people will see that you and I are good, but it's that they will say, God has really made a difference in your life. And that gets the attention on God. You know, I, I want to share this with you, and it's very important. High potency. So what do you mean, Pastor? You talking about liquor? No, I'm not talking about liquor. <laughs> When I'm thinking about high potency, I'm talking about a life that's always doing the right thing on display. High potency, high potency. They see what's going on in your life and they're watching you from the different avenues of life that you walk with, with your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers and your employees and people in your company and people at your school. But also high potency plus this. Close proximity. So what do you mean by that, Pastor? It's a willingness that you take the time, as I talked about last week, to get close to people and get into their lives and let them see who you are and who Jesus is in you and through you. Once again, he, God, Jesus is appealing through us. In other words, you have an attitude when you're getting close to people and say, watch and I'll show you. But if you take high potency and doing the right things all the time as best you can on display, and you get close to people in their lives and say, hey, watch me, I'll show you, that I'll do the best I can of what I've been taught, then what does that do? What does that equal? Very simple. It equals maximum impact. 
You will have the maximum impact in those people's lives because of what you're doing there. People who follow you, they're going to want to, that's following what you're doing, they're going to want to follow the Jesus you're following. They're going to help them to be able to get in the right direction. People who see you are going to want what you've got because it's been on display. It's been so potent in their lives. They've seen the results of it. You've been close enough to them for them to say, you know what, I've made mistakes and I've said I'm sorry and I've done things wrong, but I've tried to stay close to the Lord and I'm staying close to you. We're going to get through this together and it's going to have a maximum impact on somebody's life. This past week, I, Sunday night, and this someone else that I, we found out that my 53-year-old cousin passed away. Well, I've never met anybody that was any more on fire for Jesus than her. If you spend five minutes with her, she was going to find out if you knew Jesus or not. And you know, it just blows my mind. I wanted to say, why, Lord? But I just, the only thing I could do was try to think my best and pray on a higher plane that he had bigger things to do for her in heaven than he did here. She completed her course. And I began to think, man, of the high potency plus the close proximity and the maximum impact of all the people that wanted to pay their respects to my wonderful cousin that loved Jesus. Man, I want to go out like that. And I know you do too or you wouldn't be here today. I want to have the maximum impact in my life. So how's your Christian character? It begins with faith in the Lord. Christian character will be produced only through your relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. Understand that you're going to face some life circumstances, and that's really an opportunity there for you to shine through or on display of the people that's in your circle of life. But ultimately, you have an opportunity to influence people for Jesus and be a reflection of his perfection. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we love you so much and we praise your holy name and thank you for this amazing day. God, we thank you, Lord, that yes, character will bring success in our lives, but God, it's Christian character that will bring significance. So I pray that not only for myself, but every person under the sound of my voice that you find us faithful, Heavenly Father. God, may we never confuse Christian character with mere morality. It's only made possible through faith in you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will always be responsible for creating and growing that Christian character. And God, we know you're going to use these life circumstances, God, to refine our Christian character. God, I pray, Lord, you'll use us to be a reflection of your Son that people's going to want who we say we live for. As you look and peer into your very soul today, I want to ask you a question and I want you to respond. Is God convicting you of any character flaws in your life today? And if so, would you be humble enough and honest enough just to lift your hand real high and say, yes, God has convicted me of some character flaws. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I am so proud of every one of you for raising your hand. I'm raising my hand too. I, I, anything that's even getting near me, I want to take and get that away from me. I don't want anything to do with it. You know, and so just right now, just pray. Pray. Say, God, help me right now. Just ask him for his help. Say, God, I need your help right now, God. Help me to change. 
Just tell him, say, Jesus, give me the ability to be humble and have that integrity. God, help me to be loving and forgiving and trustworthy. God, help me not to lose my temper, God. Help me, God, to, to be faithful in my walk with you, to be an example in society and with my friends and my neighbors and my loved ones and my family and my coworkers. Just tell him, say, Jesus, ask the Lord. Say, Lord, empower me to live a life of your Christian character flowing through me. Maybe you're here today and you're here because you know you need Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus. And if that's the case with you here today, that's why you're here. Maybe you're watching online and you stumbled across this and you know that you feel that conviction in your heart that Jesus wants to be in your life. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to give you a wonderful life now and forever. If that's the case, that's why you're hearing the words that's flowing from my mouth. And you want to pray for that. If you know you need to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, give God honor and just lift your hand real high as Christians are praying. Just lift your hand real high right now and say, I know I need to give my heart to Jesus Christ. Just lift your hand real high and say, I need Jesus in my heart. Now what I want to do, I want us to pray and pray for salvation in your very life. You have to do the prayer. It's your praying that you will receive salvation. Father in heaven, God, thank you Lord, for salvation, thank you that your son would die for our sins and give us an opportunity to make him Lord of our lives. May those be born again, God, as they pray and ask for that in their lives. May you bless them with salvation and believing in you that they're, you are Lord and God that died for them and arose again. There is no other name whereby we must be saved. It is the name of Jesus. So bless each one as they pray to you and seek your face to be born again. Thank you, Father, for what you've done. Thank you for Christian character. May we grow in that, Father, to be significant for your glory and honor. And we praise you and we thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed today's service. I just wanted to kind of wrap up and give you guys some next steps. If you have given your life to Christ today, that's awesome, and we want to know about it. Um, if you are watching online or on the app, we have a little hamburger icon you can click on, and it'll take you to the connection card, and you can just mark that for us. And if you're on Facebook, if you go to the description, you can find a link, and it'll take you to the connection card. While you're there, you might see some other next steps. If you're interested in any of those next steps, just mark that too, and um, we'll get that, and we'll be more than happy to work with you about your walk with Christ and what um, is going to happen after today. We're going to move into a time of giving. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. If you are on the app or the website, you can just go to that same um, icon and click the link to give, and if you're on Facebook, you can go to the link in the description. Um, and if you would like to send in your tithe, you can do that. We'll have the address to the church right here on the screen, and we'll get that safe and secure. We hope you guys have a great day, and peace out.